Hey there, welcome to the Cold Turkey Podcast. This week I'm sitting with Patrick. Patrick has quite an exciting and fascinating story and uh, I can't wait to share that story with you. Um, and uh, yeah, I, you know, like I don't want to make those intro last forever. So I'm just going to say that, you know, like I appreciate every, every one of the new likes on my Instagram page, you know, like, which is easily found by Podcast Cold Turkey, uh, the blue and white logo that you see on the on the podcast title is pretty much my 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 ad photo on the Instagram uh, page and uh, share it, you know, let people know about the podcast and, you know, like it's slowly growing and I appreciate every new listeners and every new uh, um, like that I get on Instagram, which is a bit futile, but you know, I, I, I do appreciate seeing the podcast grow. So uh, without further ado, it's Patrick. Enjoy. Patrick, how you doing? How you doing, Alex? Doing great. I'm doing great. Um, that you know, like so, as I do, uh, I I guess you know, like the, the circumstances, you know, it kind of requires it. But first question I'm going to ask is, you know, like where are you located, and you know, like how's your pandemic going, pretty much? Uh, I'm located in uh, Perth Amboy, New Jersey. Um, uh, the pandemic to me was uh so far it's since the beginning it's been normal to me just because you know like i I didn't lose any work you know i still was working my normal my normal shift normal hours but as in what was going around around me when it first happened um you know everybody freaked out especially in new jersey area new york new jersey area we're so confined you know with so many you know it's so confined you know and people just were scared, you know, and me personally, you know, at the time I'm when it comes to like crazy situations, I, I thank God for sobriety right now. But, you know, before that, I, I, probably, I definitely would have freaked out. Yeah. You know, I definitely would have been different. But since I have the time, you know, under my belt that, you know, it was it was normal. It was like I, I knew what to do. You know, I and I always wash my hands and any precautions they said I did, you know, everything. And, uh, you know, when it came to masks and stuff like that, it was just more so people were freaking out. And if you let other people freak you out, you know what's going to happen. You freak yeah. out. Absolutely. You know? It's a, you know? it's, it's a rabbit hole, right? You know, like it, it's like yeah. we had the TV running almost like a... The TV was actually always open on, you know, like newscasts, you know, like just like rolling and rolling. Mm-hmm. And at some point I said, shut the fucking TV down. You know, like it, 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 it's driving me nuts. You know, like it's, it, it's too much bad news and, mm-hmm. and, and the journalistic ending of it all, you know, like it's, I, you know, like I have, you know, like m- much comment on that, you know, like, which I'm going to mm-hmm. spare, you know, like both the listeners and you, but you know, like it, it sounds always like you know like what's the next fear i can induce in in our you know like in the viewers and you know like it's like just a combination of you know like fear induced newscasts over and over and over and at some point i said okay let's change this to music or whatever but you know like we can't be listening to that um all the time because you know like it's 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 gonna drive us crazy um 
I, I, I understand that. And that's why, um, you know, during the beginning, I was like, hey, I got to I got to get into something. You know, I can't like watching TV. It, you know, it's like when you go through something like when you see something like that, you you, you, oh, you can only run so much and so much. So I remember seeing something somewhere. I, don't, I forgot where it was. And it said, you know, find something that is different to you and get into it. You know, read a book, uh, you know, learn how to build birdhouses, you know. So yeah. I just, you know, I kept my I, I you know, like. I kept my mind busy, you know, and I, what, how I got myself busy is, you know, what a lot of people, I started getting into the stock market before everybody started getting into now. So I had a little idea of it and I kind of, you know, like anybody would take advantage of, you know, investing, right. You know, yep. so I, I kind of got into that and it, it calmed me down and it was an escape, but at the same time, stuff was still going on where I had to take a break from yep. it, you know, but as in like like being in my household it was okay because i get along with everybody in my household so there was no fighting there was no you know people are opinionated because of older people and younger people we all had our opinion but we agreed i just feel bad for the the parents i mean the kids and the parents that were never home yeah you know those are the ones who are really going to be bad i mean you got parents that never saw their kids and all of a sudden their kids are thrown home at them and then they're working from home and then they're trying to just like, I need a break. I need a break. And then, you know, what does that do? That leads them into how do I escape this? I never saw, I tell you what, I never saw the liquor stores as packed as they were Absolutely. In, New Jersey, in New Jersey were open. They had lines going out the door and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, now what's going on? I'm, you know, and it's, you know, everybody, you know, didn't know what to do. They got their kids home, but I feel bad. You know, it's going to come out later on in life where these kids um, now got their parents back and they didn't know how to act. And you see it on TV shows, you know, yeah. where, you know, like you know, even when their people are doing some webcam kind of stuff and they're around their kids and their kids are all jumping around them and they don't know what to do. And they're pushing them off. It's because they're never around their kids. Yeah. They don't know how to act. Me, I know, you know, I interacted with my kid. I came home from work. I went to the park. So it was nothing, you yeah. know, easy the interaction. Long lasting repercussions of that, you know, like yeah. the, 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 you know, like right now, um, in, 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 in Quebec, um, they, the, the government has said, you know, like, so schools have reopened and all that, you know, like there are sanitary measures and, you know, like kids cannot hug, they cannot play close together, you know, like, so the long lasting repercussions of that, you know, like we're, we're gonna kind of realize that as you mentioned, you know, like 10, 15, yeah, 10, 15 years later, I spoke to a lawyer, which told me that, you know, like the, the um, domestic violence and mm -hmm. all that stuff has, has exploded. Um, it was ironic to see the government, you know, like um, kind of identify what they called uh, essential services. Mm -hmm. And as one of the few first was because um, our, our our liquor is controlled by uh, like LCBO, you know, like it's controlled by by public services, by government. Mm -hmm. um, so it was it was pretty much like um, 
identify as labeled as essential service, which is kind of ironic, you know, like, so we had both, you know, like, cause weed's legal in, in, in Canada. So we had both what's, what's called the SQDC and the SAQ, which is like the cannabis and the uh, alcohol. Um, they were labeled as essential service. So I was like, really, you know, like while, you know, they tried to justify that in New Jersey, we heard, they, they said that the reason why they had to have the liquor stores open was because they didn't want the addicts flooding the hospitals, you know, from, you know, overdosing or whatever the case may be, or, you know, not having, you know, you know, not having the, their, you know, their fixes basically. So they wanted to keep those people out. So let's just keep them, you know, let's just keep them medicated, you know, and let's keep them medicated. So they're happy. But at the same point, if you dig really deep into it, me, I just wanted to dig deeper. Why? It's because a lot of alcohol, like liquor stores and stuff like that, they donate a lot of money to political parties. Taxes. And, you know, where their money coming from and they know that, hey, we need to keep these people going because we're getting the money and that's how we are as elected officials. We need to keep them going because they pay for everything. Yep. So I believe it's that. And it's 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 messed up. It's like you ha- they had to choose between keeping the addicts, you know, because they needed help at a hospitals or, you know, the, the COVID patients and stuff like that. So it was, it, it's really weird. It's messed up. They'll figure it out, but mental, mental, like I saw a post a long time ago. It said, you know, now that, you know, people are going to, do you think this is bad? There's going to be a whole bunch of new alcoholics and new drug addicts because of Absolutely. all of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, like how I, I had someone that, um, you know, like that, that we did a recording together and, you know, like she only had like three weeks, um, sober before, you know, like the pandemic hit, you know, like, so, um, you know, like one of the first thing that you, you, you learn and, you know, like some have had, I've never had hugs before, Mm -hmm. you know, like some have never had human contact before. And it's, and it's such a vital, need that, you know, like NAAA and all these uh, 12 steps programs, uh, 12 step base programs kind of teach you how to get closer humanly to someone else. You know, like how do you, you know, like uh, both in terms of sharing your, your, your life and sharing, you know, like opening up on people mm-hmm. and the first few weeks I freaked out because you know, like I, I attended a few of those Zoom meetings and I was like, well, I, I I don't get. It's not well. Not only is it not the same, but I'm not I'm not I'm not taking away what I can take away in a in a in a in a room, you know. Like so so yeah. for me, it was just like wow. And asking the girl, she's like, she felt so blessed that in those first three weeks, she found such a tight knit network of contacts that she kept sober through the pandemic, um, even though, you know, like she was missing, well, obviously missing that, you know, like the rooms and all that, but you know, like she, she was able to, you know, build upon those foundations to kind of make her stronger and, you know, like to keep going. But, um, you know, like 
you probably know a few and I know a few that, you know, like we, we've, you know, like we've seen in rooms and we haven't seen in Zoom meetings. And, you know, like obviously, you know, like they either have relapsed or, or, or even maybe even worse, you know, like so. Um, so not only are we, my guess is, as you say, you know, like are creating new addictions or new addicts. Mm-hmm. Um, we're certainly... Uh, I've I've seen a lot of people relapsing because, you know, like nothing nothing comes close to being next to someone that that kind of shares his story. So, yeah, and it's it's, all, it's also hard too. A lot of times people don't know like how your friend was, you know, three weeks in, how there's there was also other stuff out there. Like you know, they say like if you're gonna go to church, you only go to church if you're there in person. Yeah. Well. My parents, they can't make it to church. They go, they've been doing online church for two years. They watch it on Sunday. They wake up, whatever they want, and they watch church. They go to, that's them going to church. So, like, when people say, oh, you, you have to go to NA meetings, you have to go to AA meetings, well, a lot of people don't, they don't feel comfortable, so they need other avenues. I know there's a thing up here, I don't know if you've heard of it, it's called Smart Recovery. That was before the pandemic it's called smart recovery and basically it's a it's online it's almost like people writing blogs and then they also have zoom meetings and they also had meetings before all the pandemic and all kinds of stuff so they're kind of were like an innovator of it wow not many many people heard of it but i knew of it and anytime i get the chance i'll let people know like hey listen i know when i went to my first aa meeting i i I felt super out of place because you know what? I'm not, I wasn't into the whole God and everything and, but you know, and it scared me and you yep. know what? That, that fear didn't want me to go back, but I said, Oh, I'll go back. I went and I never went back until a couple months later and it still scared me. And it wasn't until, you know, later on that, you know, people said that, Hey, listen, if you don't like one meeting, go to another one, go to another one. It's the same thing. Like, you know, when you go to a zoom meeting, and I just listened, you know, listened to a podcast before a while ago where you went in and people are acting crazy. You know, it's just like the kids when they do Zoom meetings, when they go to college or when they go to high school, there's always yep. going to be a knucklehead in there that, for screws sure. up, that screws it up for everybody. And it's kind of messed up that people are out there when you got somebody that could be triggered by somebody acting like that. Yep. That was a big problem initially, you know, like, the, yeah. you know, like, cause you know, like I had to, um, I had to find out and, you know, like all of these um, world services organization had to kind of establish and write down what is like the the right protocol to manage and, and mm-hmm. host and MC kind of, quote unquote, yeah. these these meetings, because, you know, like um, I have friends that have been Zoom bombed and, you know, like they didn't know what to do, you know, like racial slurs and, and, yeah, and yeah. people nude and, you know, like nudity and, and, and bottles, obviously alcohol bottles clinking and shit like that. You're like, ugh, you know, like that's, that's tough. You know, like, so talking about triggering, I mean, obviously, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm solid and I, I don't feel I wouldn't be, tr- I would be triggered, but you know, like it, it's just bad it's it's a bad vibe and you talked about smart recovery and you know like i'm i'm obviously gonna do uh, investigate further because I, I didn't know about them but someone told me about in the rooms.com which mm. is like a you can install this as an app on your phone and it's all day every day um 24 7 around the world meetings you can attend um 
it's not even Zoom. They have like their own protocol for meeting attendance, which is super great because you know, like you don't need to know about Zoom at all. You know, I could just click the room and you're in, and you know, I like could you allow your your camera or your webcam or whatever to 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 work, and that's it. You know, like you're in. Um, but um, at the same time, you know, like you, you you almost need you know, like I I done, you know, like on site and in rooms live meetings for. 13 14 years you know like so so it took me some almost like okay i need to kind of change my mindset change being more open about like what it is and you know and and um i have to admit you know like that those conversation like that podcast recording pretty much saved it all you know like not that i was mm -hmm. I, i never felt in danger or was never thirsty or in need um but obviously um always coming back to the roots of you know like two addicts sharing together um you know like as bill and bob did you know like mm -hmm. almost 100 years ago so for me um that podcast is pretty much like almost going back to the foundation and the roots of it all you know like which is just two people sharing and, and exchanging and all of a sudden you know like i'm i'm good to go you know like i'm i'm not thirsty and you know like i mm -hmm. i don't i don't feel to, the need to use and i'm i'm good you know like so so um the power of conversation is very good. Oh, it, you know, like, it, that, that, that's the one thing. P power of conversation and um, being able to tell somebody how you feel and what's going on and the trust factor. Because yep. that's the problem that a lot of people have is a lot of people, you know, you tell them something. And, you know, even like when it comes to the, a lot of people didn't like the Zooms because, you know, who knows who's recording them? You know, and they can use it against them. You know, that's why when you walk into any meeting or any, you know, you know, th they say, you know, no recording devices, no nothing like that, you know, because, you know, people, some people are very scarce, you know, very scared about, you know, what they say, you know, because it could hurt them. I know for a fact, you know, I'd never like to reveal my job because my job was very stressful, you know, and I was worried that, you know, being at my job, somebody would know. You know, you know, like I would run into a meeting, you know, into a, that I was in at a meeting or something like that, you know, because it's very open public people and then being judged because of it. I mean, it really didn't bother me, but I just didn't want that whole aspect of it. One know? of my closest friends is, is in media, you know, like and yeah. we, we, we had dinner yesterday and I told him about this. You know, like he was like, yeah, I, I really do want to participate in it, but I'm. I'm just worried that, you know, like someone's fine, you know, like someone, one of my colleagues or whatever finds out and listens to it. So it was kind of the, you know, like for him, it was the paradox of, because we, we've known each other forever, you know, like for 12 years. And, you know, like he's like, I either choose to um, be completely transparent and open with you. And you do record that, and that's how you know me because I know I know all of his life story, right? You know, like I've yeah. I've heard him share and all that, and I I kind of deal with the um, potential consequence that you know, like someone listens to it, mm -hmm. or I naturally censor myself when I do record with you, and and this you know, like I don't want to do that toned down version of my story, and he, he's like, that's why I, you know, like I, I, I've yet to participate in it because I, I just don't know what I'm gonna do with this, you know, like, and I totally understand it. Um, and you're right, you know, like the, um, one of the first recording I did, you know, like someone asked me if, um, 
how aligned I was with some of the traditions and some of the, and I was like, it has, it has nothing to do with, with 12 steps or whatever, you know, like I'm, 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 I'm from those, those meeting rooms, you know, like obviously, but that past, that podcast I've created because I want to discover other, either other ways people have, 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 have found sobriety or even, you know, like I've, I'm, I'm looking for people that, you know, like I've lived the straight edge movement, you know, like I'm looking at, you know, like all kinds of ways. And, and I've spoke to people that had like, um, food disorder or, you know, like all kinds of, you know, like, um, I even spoke to a lady that, you know, like that was stuck in a, a cult for 20 something years, you know, like, so it had nothing to do with 12 stepping. And, and, um, so for me, it's all about like that conversation when, well, actually when Bill and Bob freaking talk together, you know, like there wasn't 12 steps, you know, like there was mm -hmm. just two people discovering that, you know, like you want to, you know, like if any of you guys listening, listening and, and I've read, you know, like any of the 12 steps, you know, like you, 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 you may be, as Patrick said, you know, like worried or scared about, you know, like the higher power piece of it, you know, like, and, but one thing for sure is that, you know, like in doubt, you, you're going to discover soon enough that, you know, like having two people for some fucking unknown reason, <laughs> having two people share their, their, their problems and, you know, like how they feel, they, they, they're not thirsty anymore. You know, like, so what about that being the IO power somewhere? You know, like, so, um, you know, like, so if you have a hard time finding that higher power, just that is in, is in itself something that, you know, like I can't explain, you know, like we, we could be talking about drugs for two hours, Patrick, and you know, like, and you wouldn't feel like the need to use, neither would I, you know, like, so what is this all about? You know, like you know, there's something almost like out of this world bizarre about this, you know, like, um, and and yeah, you know, like one of my one of the counselor at the, the the therapy I was actually told me that you know, like most of the people that are gonna pass those doors, you wouldn't have given a buck, you know, like to keep, you know, like the you know, like they would have stole every anything you got, you know, like, but yet in that place, you're gonna talk with him and you know, like touch on on their emotions and yours, they're gonna save your life. Yeah, it's it. it I I, re I remember. You know, it's all about the the key of it is is what works for you. Everybody works in different ways, and I believe you know whatever works for you. If that's reading books, if that's writing blogs, if that's uh, making videos, uh, reading inspirational quotes, uh, you know, all kind whatever it is, going to meetings, going to church, uh, finding a new hobby, uh, building a car, anything that keeps you busy from doing the substance that you were doing before is a good thing. And who am I, who are you, or who is anybody to judge somebody because they don't go to a meeting or they don't do the proper way of somebody, of somebody else. Yeah. There isn't a, I don't believe there is a proper way. It's what works for you. That's the one thing. What works for you, what works for you, what might work for me. And I can't put what, works for me and say, you have to do it this way. This is the only way. Because you know what? That person is going to run right back to what is happy and what's easy. Yeah. And that's, and that's not, that's not, that's not how we should be. Who are we to judge other people? That's the way we shouldn't be. And I believe in planning, planning. And that, and that, and that instills what, 
can I do? I can try this. I can try this. I can try this. As long as I try and it doesn't work, I can move on to the next thing and try that. Eventually, I'm going to find something. And there's many different avenues. All you have to do is ask. If you don't ask questions and you're not willing to, to do it, listen, nobody's going to do it for you. You have to do it for yourself. Yeah. Because, you know, like when you go into a rehab, they don't care if you stay or not. They, Absolutely. They, don't, they really don't. They, you're there. You came there because you wanted help. Now they're there to help you. If you choose to be like, I don't want to be here. Just screw this place. Well, guess what? You didn't want the help. Go bye-bye. Because there's 10 other people who really need the help that are dying to get in here. And there are no I, locked doors there. You know, like the, <laughs> no locked doors. Yeah. No, they, people are like, oh, I'm, I want to leave. I want to leave. Well, then, you know what? You're really not ready for this. You know, I'm ready for this. I, you know, I, I needed it. And there was, you know, when it came to hit rock bottom, you know, I hit rock bottom and I needed it. And I looked and I, I'm the type of person, I'm different from everybody else, but I looked and I paid attention to everything that was in front of me, every avenue from this meeting to that meeting, to this book, to what helps you, what this and what's that, you know, I just listened you know, and the best thing that I, the best thing that was, it was like, you know, when you're somewhere at the right moment at the right time and you hear something, well, I was, I, I seen a, and heard a lot of those things. So I'm blessed that I've seen and heard those things where I'm like, Hey, wow, that's an eye opener. You know, when I was in rehab, I remember, uh, I was, uh, somebody was, somebody was talking about something and they said, uh, I wanted you to see this. They were talking about one of the past, you know, people sends. He doesn't go to any NA meetings or AA meetings. What he does is he focuses himself in the gym. And he's never been to a meeting, but he's been clean for 20 years. And he's happy that way. And that made me say, well, boy, wait a minute. If he did that, then I, I, you know, I could do other things too. I don't have to be locked down to that. And more power to the people who go to – more power to the people who go to NA and AA meetings. I respect yeah. them. I respect them. Like I, like I said in the beginning, whatever works for you works for you. You know, yep. but like I said, if I need to, I, I'll, I'll go to one of them if I need to. But what my plan, what my, what I go through every single day works for me. And I know if there's a wrench that's thrown into it, then I have to readjust myself and yep. I have to take my time. And I didn't have that before. You know, I just went gung ho and was like, I got to do it. I got to do it. And that's where the stress now that I know that, hey, listen, I need to take care of myself. Myself is first, not making everybody else happy. That was the problem, making everybody else happy but myself. And I deteriorated myself because of it. And, you know, like, you know, when you go back to, you know, you know, starting the podcast and not knowing what's going to happen or anything like that. In the beginning, I didn't know what was going to happen either. You know, I'm like I said, I'm 41 years old and I'm still trying to figure out certain things in my life that I missed out on. And I'm doing that now. And I'm saying to myself, oh, man, I wasted all that time. But it's not. I'm going to eventually get there because I set myself goals plans and dreams and i want to get there yep so i'm gonna come back to my usual format that was like our big uh intro <laughs> <laughs> um 
as I do every week, uh, I'm going to rewind the Patrick's tape to um, either, you know, like, because I, I realized through the recordings that, you know, like some have been almost more impacted by, you know, like someone else's substance use or their own. Um, and so bring me back to that in that time machine to, you know, like either or of those situations that, you know, like you think has impacted you the most uh, in terms of, you know, like your own life story. Um. What has impacted me to my whole life story, basically at real a young age, I felt like I didn't belong. Um, I felt like something around me, uh, ever at a young age, I felt like I didn't belong. Like I wasn't, I wasn't part of the family. I was different, you know? I mean, I was a healthy baby. I was a boy, you know, I had two parents that been married, you know, married, two sisters, you know, and I just didn't understand just really didn't understand why like other things, why was I different? I just didn't understand. I couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on it. So it was, I guess being different. And then how young were you Patrick, when you, you starting having those thoughts? Um, I would have those, I, I would believe I had those thoughts when I was real young. I said about like five, six years old. Wow. When we had fam, like when you can think about it, like when we had family gatherings and stuff like that, it just felt like I was a burden, you know, not to not to like I wouldn't say like to my mom or dad, because the thing is, my mom and dad, when I was younger, they they were able to be home with my sisters. And when I came along, it was we have they had to work more. So I had to grow up. I had to grow up with, you know, basically by my, you know, by myself almost, yeah. you know, coming home to an empty house, putting, you know, food out. You know, you know, from my mom, so she can prepare when she came home. You know, walking to school by myself at a real young age, coming home. You know, so it was just like, why did my sisters get all that and I didn't? So I kind of felt like was, was something wrong. And then like going around, like being around family, like around when we had family functions, like Christmas or anything like that, I just felt really out of place. I don't know. I think because of my age compared to where my sisters were, and the, what was that gap? The gap is uh, 11 and seven years. Okay, so you're seven years- Younger. Younger than the younger one. Yes. Yeah. So it was a, so it was a big time. So like when they're- For teenagers, sure. You know, when you're like, young, it's huge, right? Yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was really huge. So I really, and I didn't have any cousins that were my age. So I was just like, I was stuck right there. So it was like me alone or by myself. You know, so I was like, I didn't fit in, whatever. And I, you know, I saw my parents and family, they weren't hardcore drinkers, but I guess at a young age, I really didn't pay attention to it, but they did drink, but it wasn't where I had that uncle or that aunt that was like, here, want to drink? I didn't have that. You know, they, they socially drink because, you know, there were white collar people, you know, and they kept, you know, they were. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff, you know. So, so nothing out of order, or nothing out mm -hmm. of, you know, like the out of line where you know, like, you know, oh yeah, yeah, we all know, you know, alcohol, Ronnie, Ronnie is, yeah, you know, like, so none of that. No, I didn't have none of that. No, nobody, nobody slipped me any of that stuff, and it was none of that stuff. It was how I, how that happened was, I I wasn't in my family like because of that. It was when I went on the outside, when I hung around with my friends 
and when I was outside of the house. When I was outside of the house in the neighborhood, that's where I was exposed to how easy stuff is to get. And, you know, I come from that time where there was no internet, no computers, no phones. Your parents said, get the hell out of the house. They didn't want you home. Yep. So I was always out after, you know, when I was became, you know, a little bit older, you know, like nine, 10 years old, even though it's summertime and play basketball, football, we'd go out and even in the wintertime. And, you know, after playing basketball, you know, everybody that, like I said, everybody I grew up with was always older than me. You know, there were, like I said, seven years, you know, eight years, 10 years, 12 years older than me. And that's the kind of people I, I knew who to hang around with because, you know, that's was the age gap. Yep. So when I used to go to the park, people were all old enough already. And what they would do is, you know, everybody would, you know, smoke a little weed or, you know, they would go drink. And my first experience, I remember, like, personally, like, saying, all right, this is going to be the day, was that day. Even before that, like, I rewind that real quick. When people say, well, when was the first time you really had a drink? Well, I really blow people's mind when I say this, and this is true. You know, the first time I had a drink, I didn't know. Because... We did back then. They didn't have Ambisol for kids when they had their toothaches. Their parents—I don't know if your parents did it or anything like that—they grabbed whiskey and they put it on their finger and they rubbed it on your mouth. Were you getting as a toddler, you know, as a child getting drunk? Oh yeah, you were. You were. You didn't know, but your parents did that because Ambisol wasn't around. They put whiskey in there. Did they know that they were actually? You know, right now they probably call it, you know, child, you know, child endangerment or something like that. You know, my parents, you know, parents would be, you know, locked up because of it. But that's what they did because they didn't. Well, you know. It was the, for me, it was the Tia Maria in a glass of milk mm. so we can fall asleep quicker mm. on Christmas Eve. Yeah. You know, like, so they would give you, you know, like kind of that, like it, it would look like hot chocolate, but it was mm. actually alcohol and, and milk. Um so you could fall asleep quicker because you you were too nervous. So you had mm -hmm. the jinx and, and all that, you know. Like so 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 you they, they would actually knock you out. Uh, you know? if, my, if my parents did that to me, I tell you what, they never told me, and then they were very good at it because <laughs> <laughs> I usually went to sleep. But I don't know. I don't. I don't think they did anything like that to me. But you know that that's like I tell people, you know, like because it's hard, and then then they're like they look at me weird, and I'm like, no, my parents are not bad parents. It's just that's the way it was. It was, but, yep, yep. You know, so I, I mean, I hold nothing against them for that because that's the way it was. That's oh, why no, no, no. Ambassador yeah. comes out, and people are just like they always thought it was around, but it wasn't. So you know, going back to that, you know, like initially, like knowing that time, you know, I was like about like 11, 12 years old. You know, it was after. It was after a basketball game and there was an older fella and he's like, hey, let's go get 40s, you know, 40 ounces. And we're like, all right. So they took a walk. And that day was the day where I said, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to try this, you know, let's go. And I got my own bottle and I remember sitting there. And I still remember this day sitting there just and it was like everything stopped. Everything just got really slow and it wasn't like a fun kind of thing it's just like everything slowed down and i felt normal you know i didn't feel out of place i felt normal i felt i, ha I have to ask you patrick you know like how was you know like I, I those are you know like the kind of the typical question i ask but you know like that that feeling of being out of place you know like did it get um did you carry that when you started school as well yes because yeah. Uh, where I grew up, 
Um, I grew up in a predominantly Hispanic uh, community. So being a white individual in the neighborhood, you definitely felt, I felt out of place. You know, I didn't have any cousins, you know, that were my age. Um, my friends basically, you know, at the time, you know, they stuck up for their own family members. You know, they really didn't, you know, I was the person who was, you know, used, you know, so I kind of was, you know, anytime when it came to, you know, finding friends, I always found the wrong friends. I found the ones that would, you know, I thought were my friends, but the just, outcasts. yeah, I was the big time outcast, you know, and they, you know, and they just, you know, used me for whatever I could. Cause I was a sucker. I mean, being a young kid, I didn't know. I always, like I said, I always, you know, even older, you know, I always felt like, you know, I had to, you know, be the nice guy and, I just got, like I said, I got used all the time and I just picked the wrong, I always, I picked the wrong people to be my friends and, you know, my outlet and my, my go-to friend that could never, ever let me down was, you know, alcohol, you know, it was my go-to friend, you know. It and you probably was... felt part of when, when, when you drank. What was that? You, you, you most probably felt part of when you drank. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. You know, I, it, 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 it took me out of the element. It took me out of what was going around my social, you know, surroundings. You know, it really, it, it, it always, it never, like I said, it never let me down. You know, because the feeling was always the same. It was always calm, relaxed. You know, and if I wanted to get you know, happy, I can have fun. And I could, it felt like, you know, when I was drinking, it felt like I could be, I could express and be whoever I wanted to be and with no judgment. You know, it fine. If I finally found something where, you know, I could come out of my shell, you know, and then, you know, later on, you know, like everywhere I went, I had to be intoxicated. I had to be. Every family function, every time you're talking, you know, uh, going out anywhere, any event, uh, you know, it, it started with that. It started, you know, like I couldn't I, I wasn't normal, you know, I, I wasn't normal if I wasn't if I wasn't drinking. You so know? how quick did it became almost like a daily habit? It became a daily habit starting, like I said a daily habit was more starting until like 19. Okay. Was, so was, there's, there's like, day. there's like that. I would call that like almost like a grace period between 10 and 19 where, or 12 and 19 that you're know, like, you're, you're the drinking is on quote unquote occasions. It's, it's occasions. It's not, it was more so like, uh, it, it was like sometimes I'd go two, three months and drink every single day and then take like a week off and then drink like every other day. It wasn't, you know, that's the way it was from that age. But when it I hit 19, like oh, even 18, 19 is when it turned into an everyday ordeal. Like no matter what, it was like that young, it was at least one or two beers a day. And then, like I said, going around 18 is where I started getting into hard liquor 
where I loved, you know, the the whiskey and the and the vodka, and I didn't have to mix it. You know, I just put it in a cup, and I didn't care if it was hot or cold or whatever. You know, I didn't know that you mixed it. I just put it in there, and that's it. it is I mean, you never wanted me to make a drink for you because I always made the drinks heavy. People <laughs> people didn't like when I made drinks. They're like, "Who's making drinks, Patrick?" Oh no no no, he can't make drinks. They're like, why? They're like, oh, you're too heavy. You pour too much. I mean, I would make a bar or business go out of business because I pour too heavy. Because I want you to get I, at the time. You know, when I was drinking, I want you to get messed up. I want you to get what you paid for. Yeah. You know, that's how I was. I, I wanted to get effed up. You know, I wanted to get fucked up as quick as I could. You know, screw the waiting. I want to get fucked up now. And that's it. You know, and, you know, the whole drinking thing was just it was just wonderful. And then, you know, when you get older, when I started to reach like when I was 20 years old, I what, what was the good thing about it is I moved to Florida when I was in like when I was 20, I went to school down there. And uh, my drinking was really bad before I went down. And when I went down there, I was like, oh, man, I'm in a new place, you know, new surrounding away from home. So I'm starting school, you know, college down there. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm away from home. I'm, you know, I'm in Florida, you know, I'm going to have some fun. And the first thing I did was, how am I going to get alcohol? So I'm worried, you know, how am I going to get this stuff? Well, it happened to be one day I was, you know, a couple, couple days, you know, I was down there. I figured out who was the older person and they got the alcohol. So that was great until this person lost his wallet, getting drunk or something like that. And we couldn't get anymore. But the good thing was I became cool with some of the people in the, in the surrounding area, especially, you know, walking into a gross—I mean, walking into a convenience store, like you know, like we have like Seven Elevens, Quick Checks, and stuff like that. And I walked in at 20 years old one day, and I said, you know what? I took that those those two—you know—they don't have 40s down in Florida; they have 32 ounces. I took these two 30 two 32 ounces, and I put them on the counter. And the girl looked at me. She put her. She looked at that. She rang me up. And next thing you know, there was two people next to her that were in the store also working. They saw me. Ever since then, I mean, they never asked me for ID. So I'm being 20 years old. I'm like, I'm going in this store all the time. I'm not old enough because you had to be 21 to buy alcohol. And I went in there every day, every day after school. I was walk to the store, buy my stuff, come back home. Walk to the store, come to the store, back all the time. And that's the way it was. And then hardcore partying on the weekends – you know, and that's where, you know, those hardcore parties back then, you know, when I'm in my 20s led to other stuff, you know, led to, you know, my friends at my roommates at the time were into like the whole uh, like rave scene. So it was a lot of that kind of stuff going on, a lot of ecstasy, yeah. GHB, and, yeah. you know, uh, you know speed ketamine and all kinds of stuff and i was like what the hell is this stuff me i'm you know i don't like smoking weed it makes me paranoid you know and these people are just like oh i mean they're like come on you know they're, they're not like come on and try they're just like come on and have fun you know come to the plate come to where we have fun and, you know when you're drinking and you go to a place like that you're out of place because all these people are just happy and go lucky and all everywhere. And I'm sitting over there drinking, just moping, just relaxing, you know, in another in another form. And it took me a couple of times. I was like, man, I don't like this place until 
one day I just took the plunge and I took ecstasy for the first time and it took me to another level. And I said, whoa, this is great. So my weekends turned into doing stuff like that. But I always went back to alcohol because when I was done from all that high of all those drugs during the night, you know, all that kind of stuff, when it came to four, five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning where, you know, you're still going, how to calm myself down is I'd grab some, some beer and drink it and it would calm me down and bring me down to a normal level. You so, brought the subject of school uh, a few moments ago. You know, there's always like two party. Um, there's pretty much two parties witnessing that, you know, like that, 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 that use or that substance use um, your parents and school. I was both going, you know, I kind of your relation with your parents and, 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 and your, your fratry, you know, like that, your, your, your siblings and, How was your dynamic with school at the time? At the school at the time, um, when I first started, I was like, oh, okay, I'm away from home. So it was like freedom. But I did screw up, but I did have one of the teachers pull me to the side and say, hey, listen, you know, if you keep on messing up, you know, you're, we're going to kick you out. You know, like you need to concentrate on your, on your schoolwork. So basically, that's what I said, where I only partied on hardcore partied on the weekends. During the week, I would drink, you know, when I came home from school. But I calmed down because when I first went down there, it was going to the clubs at night, staying out to three, four, five o'clock in the morning, you know, just drinking at the, the random clubs. Because when I went down there, it was during spring break, you know, so it was like, hey, you know, wow, this is fun. And, uh, you know, I had to calm that down because it, it caught up. But at least the teacher, you know, caught that. And I kind of was like, yeah, you know, if I mess up my family, especially my mom's going to kick my ass. Yeah. So I, you know, got it to it and it was all right. I never let them know that I was having like I hid that from them. And back then we didn't have cell phones. Cell phones weren't, you know, cell phones weren't out. It was, you know, home phones. And I kind of stayed away from that as much as I could. And every time I talked to them, I would let them know, oh, everything's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's fine. Yeah, yeah. Everything's fine. And I kept it cool with them, you know. But the only thing is, like I said, when it came to, like, siblings and family, they didn't care. They didn't care. Like, they didn't care that, like, when you when I think about it, they didn't care that if I, if, I, if I failed or if I was doing good, you know. There was no communication of, like, hey, yeah, we're, you know. Even when I, even when I did graduate and I came back home, it wasn't like, hey, we're proud of you. You know, it's just like, oh, okay, he's back. You yeah. know, so I, you know, so I was like, damn, I, you know, at that time, I was like, damn, I don't even feel like, I don't even feel like I'm freaking wanted, you know, by my family or even loved in any way because it's like, oh, okay, what are you going to do for work now? It's like, whoa, you know, so it's kind of like, like I said, the alcohol was there. And I, when I graduated and I came back, you know, I, I went back, like I graduated and I went back to Florida about, six months after I came back to Jersey, after I did graduate, I got away and I stayed away from my family as much as I could because they lived their own life. Like my sisters were starting to have their own kids, you know, and they were starting their own lives. And I wasn't, I wasn't included into it. I was just, you know, the disappointment of the family, you know, and I always felt that way. 
So it it kind of I kind of ran away from that from them at that time. Was it, it that Patrick or that they just didn't know what it was? Um, I I I a lot of it. I believe a lot of it they saw. It's just that they didn't know how to say anything to me about react it. to it. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the time my younger sister was trying to be this sophisticated mother, you know, Oh, you know, I'm a good mother. I don't go out. I don't drink. I don't do anything. You know, fast forward 20 years later. Now she's the one hardcore partying in the club and doing all kinds of stupid stuff now. So it's like, it's really weird how that, how that circles around, but you know, it was, I, I could never, it was nobody really to talk to. And then it was easier for me, like the friends that I had in Florida, we were just loners, man, you know, and it was just, it was just, it was just, it was just, it was fun. But what really hit me and I stopped the whole going out and partying stuff was when, you know, I met a girl, you know, and met her back in, in, back in, uh, as a matter of fact, when I was down there, in 99, 2000. And, uh, we decide, we just came real close and we, uh, she got pregnant and she had my daughter. And I remember seeing my daughter, you know, like when she was born and I said, you know, I'm not going to be that, that, that asshole dad, you know, that I seen that like growing up, like I'm going to be involved in my kids. You know, I'm going to I'm going to make sure I'm there that if she needs something, I'm there. If she wants somebody to talk to, I'm there because I really didn't have that. And I missed that. And I think that's the reason why, you know, I went the path that I did because I really didn't have an outlet. I couldn't talk to my my sisters at a time. My parents were just so much older than me. They didn't understand, you know, what was going on. So it was kind of hard. So I made sure that, you know, when I had my daughter, that. I could be able, you know, she could talk to me and, you know, when they're young, they can't, but I, I still kept on drinking though. You know, it was a everyday occurrence. You know, I did drink, you know, when it came to after work, I did drink every day and it went from like, you know, I'm damn near at a 12 pack at night with some Jack, you know, some Jack Daniels at the, you know, and it just kept on and I did whatever I did. I, you know, and I just kept, like I said, kept on drinking But I was always there. And the thing was that really gets me to uh, everything was I the family that I had, you know, the, my family. Um, the reason why I say had had is because I cut them off after drinking and I'll get to that later. Um, they tried to justify because now all of a sudden they're drinking now. You know, now I'm in my late 20 like after I had my daughter, you know, I'm in my late, you know, 20s at the time and they're justifying everything. Like, it's okay to drink. Like, it's okay to get flat out drunk and, you know, party and, you know, like we get together. We're a family. You know, we're drinking hardcore. We're doing shots. We're doing this. We're playing beer pong caps. You name it. Dark games, pool drinking. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, um whatever you know any excuse to, to party always drinking somebody's graduation drink 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 always and the reason is that uh my brother-in-law at the time tried to justify it you know he's like hey listen that's not us you know we're not those uh you know drunk people you know 
the bums, homeless people. I don't even like to call them homeless people. You know, the people bad on their luck. That's not us. We're functioning alcoholics. We <laughs> go to work every single day. We pay our taxes. We have jobs. We have a family. You know, we have a car. We have responsibilities. They don't. They're bums. So when you hear that, and I heard that, I'm like, yeah, that justifies everything. You know, that's the reason why I could, you know, drink as much as I want. Because you know what? I'm a functioning alcoholic. And I believed that for many, 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 many years. And... Uh which is which is odd, right? You're like the functioning alcoholic. I, I love that expression. You know, for me, it's just a, such an irony. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, and then you, and then you, you th when back then you're like, yeah, I'm a funk You you feel like you're a different class. You're like, yeah, I'm a functioning alcoholic. I got responsibilities. And yep. then when you look back at it now, you're like, what the fuck bullshit was somebody feeding me? Yeah. Holy shit! It, and it comes back to justifying the situation. And it was like, oh, yeah, I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those people. So that's how I lived. You know, I was a functioning alcoholic. You know, I didn't I didn't beat my girl girlfriends. I didn't beat, you know, I'd never been married, but I never beat any of my girlfriends. You know, I I never beat my kids. I never uh, beat or hit, hit my family. None of that stuff. You know, I did have anger issues where I would get mad you know like i would i'd freak out you know i because I, I was a very angry person but i never hurt anybody in my family and th they all would agree to that i mean i never did any of that stuff but i did have anger issues because it was it was just something inside of me was just something's wrong you know i have to let this anger out and drinking was the calm like leave me alone i'm drinking i'm calm you know and it's just it just escalated so much that, you know, it, it basically took over a lot of things, you know, and the one thing was, is anytime somebody said, you know, like a lot of relationships after the time, you know, I had girlfriends at the time that said, you know, you need to stop drinking. And I'm like, nah, and they're like, well, you know, me and you, we're not going to be together if you don't quit drinking. You know what I said? Fuck you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, screw that shit. You mean to tell me I have to choose over the over the bottle over you? Fuck you. You know, it's cheaper for me to have the bottle rather than how I met you. I met you drinking and I'm paying for your alcohol and I'm paying for mine. Then you're going to tell me you're going to tell me that I can't drink. Nah, hell no. Screw you. Peace. See you later. And that's the way it was, you know, and I remember I can look back at it and say, man, I had some good relationships, but it all came down to them all saying, you have a problem. And I knew it was going on around me. I knew people saw like later on, like in the last, like, you know, 10 years, you know, coming up to the, the, the D day. But, you know, it was, I know that like looking back at it, people saw me messed up and they just didn't know what to say. It was a toy. Yeah. It was like, I had to wait it, like the last me before I got sober I mean, the last like five years, it was bad, like seriously bad. Like anytime I was super stressed, I drank even more than I normally drank, you know? And I hate to ask, you know, like when do you remember, you know, like the first, like the embryonic stage of you realizing that, you know, like you're, you're, you're 
going too far or you know like and i you know like i know it may seems like a, a odd question um but you probably know what i mean by that you know like where you you kind of you're, you're realizing that oh shit you know like maybe that's too much or you know maybe that's um maybe i do have a problem and um do you remember those those times throwing up as soon as i took um a drink in the morning that wasn't an indication stupid me having bloody noses out of the blue driving a car at work no that wasn't an indication uh you know being at work and having you know being outside and throwing up because i'm jonesing for for alcohol that wasn't a sign you know i'm making you know i'm just you know i had all the telltale signs it's just that i pushed them away i just said no that's not it waking up you know not wake you know waking up with the, the 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 jitters and going to sleep with my legs twitching and no that wasn't a sign none of it was a sign everything was telling me you have a problem people you know people around me and their faces no none of it was I, I didn't see it I was so blinded by the fact that I wanted to be drunk all the time it it it, 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 it it's like what the hell was wrong and the the, the, the wake-up call was like the wake-up call I would say was when I tried to be, as I said, I tried to be the tough man. I tried to be the man's man. I could beat this. And I said, you know, a couple years ago, I think it was like about four years ago, I said, you know what? I could do this. I could do this by myself. I don't need rehab. I don't need NA. I don't need AA. I don't need anybody to help me. I could do this myself. I'm a man. I'm a man. I'm going to do this by myself. That's when I knew that's when I that when you're talking about where I knew I had a problem because <laughs> I never thought that being an alcoholic and you stop, you start to see shit. I was so psychotic. I started seeing things, trolls, uh, all kinds of stick figures. I saw things running past my windows. I saw my, I would keep my room dark and I would see, my eyes would be bright and I would see things running around. I, I, I heard things. I mean, it freaked me out when I tried to get sober for the first time, you know, ever in 20, 20 years. It scared the shit out of me. I didn't know what the hell to do. I'm freaking out telling my daughter to help me, help me, help me. And, and I'm going through only f- what I'm only on like not even 20 hours sober and I'm starting to have all these hallucinations and it's freaking me out. I'm thinking, wait a minute, this only happens to like drug addicts. I'm not a drug addict. I'm a functioning alcoholic. This shouldn't be happening to me. (laughs) You know, like what the fuck? What's wrong? And I'm like, help me. And I'm, I'm like, and my daughter is like, if you know me, my daughter is my rock. I love her that she's my best friend, you know, and I, I had to trust somebody that when I'm going through this, what do I do? And, you know, at the time she's 16, you know, 15, 16 years old. She doesn't know, you know, she's like, you know, trying to help me as much as I can. 
And I, I got my, I'm like basically locked in her room, you know, just telling her, please, I just don't want to jump out a window, you know, but I know, like I can picture myself that day, you know, seeing these trolls and seeing stuff go through the window. And I, I remember, uh, I was like, I need to hear a consistent noise because I'm here, you know, like stuff around me is really freaking me out. I put these headphones on and <laughs> she went on YouTube and it was a fan, continuous fan that just was a continuous fan and everybody wants to look it up. It can't, it's really out there. It's really crazy, but it's a continuous fan and people tape it. And it was like for like two, three hours. I said, put that on. And I had the headphones on and I'm listening to this and I fell asleep. And all of a sudden I woke up. I don't know how much longer later. And I started hearing noises through the headphones into my ears, telling me to do all kinds of crazy shit to myself. And I'm like, no, I'm not killing myself. No, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not doing any of that stuff. Like I, I'm not doing any of this stuff, you know, like, no, I'm not going to go drink. Come on. You could do it. You know, like I'm hearing this stuff and it's like really, really like freaking me out because I'm not going to act upon it. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go jump out this window. I'm not going to, you know, go get drunk. I can't get in the car right now. I'm going to, you know, crash. What? What's, you know, so all this stuff's running through me. And I told my daughter, I said, that's it. I said, you got to take me to the hospital. And the one thing I was worried about going to the hospital the first time was that they were going to lock me up, put me in a loony bin, and that was it. I was done. My daughter was never going to see me, and I was gone. I was scared. I was, fr- I was freaked out. And on the ride there, I just was just hallucinating. And I kept on telling, you know, kept on saying, you know, I'm hearing things. And the one thing that really, really scared me and I remember it getting the ride there and my daughter and my father are driving me there. And the whole time I hear a voice that's talking to me and that voice was Tupac, you know, and he's telling me, he's like, he's like rapping at the same time, talking to me, telling me, don't go to the hospital. You can't go there. If you go there, they're going to give you an injection. Then they're, they're going to lock you up in a in a loony bin. They're going to forget Jesus about Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, man. It was. I fucking the freak whole time, out. Freak. You know, talk about freak the fuck out. And I remember this vividly. I'm not making this shit up. This is where I got on my grandfather. It freaked me out. And For the whole sure. time he's talking to me and he's just like, no. And I remember making the turn to go into the hospital where the emergency room is. And he goes, oh, you're making that turn. There's no coming back. There's no coming back. And I, I was like, oh, my God. And I'm in the hospital. I'm in the room. And the whole time he's like, you need to run away. You need to run away. You need to run away. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm telling my daughter, like, I'm hearing, you know, and my daughter's like fighting with these hospital people, telling them, like, listen, he's not psychotic. He's he's an alcoholic that he's coming down. They're like, no, he's delusional. He's mental issues. He's got problems. He's a mental case. My daughter's like sitting there and fighting for me and, you know, telling them like, no, he's an alcoholic. And, you know, this is what and they're like. No, and they want to believe none of her. And I'm like, what am I, you know, I'm freaking out. I'm hearing voices. And, and the last voice I heard from was, they were like, we're going to give you a shot. And I'm like, no, I don't want none of that shit in me. You're not going to kill me. And I remember when they stuck that, they I finally let them stick that shot in me to like, I guess, know me or whatever the heck it was. I don't even know what it was going to do. I remember them saying, one, I remember Tupac in my, saying, in my ear saying, 
once they put that needle in you, I can't save you anymore. And I was like, that shit freaked me out. You know, and I remember the needle going in. They're like, see, and I, his voice is like, once the needle's going in, his voice is like drifting away. And I'm like, oh, shit. And then next thing you know, I woke up the next day and I'm in the hospital, up, you know, and upstairs is the hospital. Like, what the fuck just happened? You know, what's going on? And I wanted out of there. I was like, I got to go to, you know, I'm, next morning I'm like, I, I'm not even thinking about like, hey, man, I almost try to kill my, you know, I, I not kill myself, but I'm hearing all kinds of crazy stuff. You know, and I'm in a hospital and these people thought I was going to kill myself or whatever. I need to get out of here because I got to go to work. I can't miss work. <laughs> you know, I got to wow. get to work, you know, because remember, I, they can't know I'm a functioning alcoholic. I got to get back to work. So That's I crazy. darted out of there and I went to work. And as soon as I left, I went right to the liquor store and I got drunk. I ain't going to lie. I got drunk, right? I, I I was like, and I told myself, you know what? Uh, I I'm not gonna do this whole, you know, detox and stuff. Like I'm gonna continuously drink, and if I die, I'm gonna die drunk. You know, I, I, I there's no way, there's no way I'm going through the psychotic of of that ever again. And then and it happened to me one more time after that. About a month later, I said, "This is it. I'm tired of waking up in the morning with my legs hurting." And I try to do it again. I try to be the tough guy. I try to do it as myself again. And the whole round of the seeing stuff and everything, I ran out of this house and I took off. And I had my daughter and a friend of mine, you know, trying to find me, you know, and I took off. And you know where I took off and where they found me? And the cops actually found me because. I use I couldn't even use my cell phone. I was so screwed up. I broke my cell phone trying to use it because I was so so messed up. I was found at the liquor store. Why? Because I used the liquor store phone and I called my sister and I said, Hey, listen, I'm just trying to get to the hotel to get away from everybody tonight. Can you please come pick me up and take me there? I had my own money, you know? All I did was ask her to take me there. What did she do? She called the cops on me. And the cops picked me up at the liquor store. She ratted me out to the to the cops. Next thing you know, just flying cops to this liquor store. Meanwhile, I didn't buy anything at the liquor store. They're flying in and they're taking me. Oh, your 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 mental case, son's wrong with you. Meanwhile, I, I've never if you ask me, I've never thought about killing myself, like ever did any of that stuff. Never I'm not that that and you know what? Some people do get like that, but not me. You know, I don't believe in taking your own life. That that's me. Or you never got, you know, because you know from from the conversation I had, it's almost like um, you get infected by the sickness of you know like wanting to end your life. You know, like so so you're. I would say like with looking back, you you probably are blessed that it never happened to you. You know, like that you never got kind of almost infected by that, you know, like kind of that spiral thought of, you know, like, let's get this shit uh, out, you know, like, let's, let's get, you know, like this over with and, and so on. So that's, that's. Yeah. I know. I, I wasn't going to go jump off a bridge, let a car run me over or anything like that, but I literally was committing suicide by drinking as much as I did. It, yeah. You know, I was doing it. I was killing myself every single minute. You know, and none of the signs that were out, you know, the signs that are, are there like, hey, listen, 
the fam, you know, the, the not, you know, the, the the issues with your girlfriends, the significant others, the issues with, uh, you know, uh, not being want, wanting to be around people, the bloody noses, um, the um, the legs twitching at night and even during the day, you know, uh, you know, it, it's just like, it's just really all the signs were there and I just brushed them off. I just kept on taking more vitamins and eating more bananas, you know, it's something or do it's something to do with that, you know, but it's just like, I didn't, I didn't want to believe it because I wanted to continuously drink and who the hell were you to tell me I can't do something. I'm, I'm old enough because you know what it's, I tried to justify it. And that was the problem. You know, because remember, I was a functioning alcoholic. I had a job. I paid bills. You know, I wasn't beating anybody. I wasn't getting into trouble, you know. Uh, and on top of that, it was legal. You know, yeah. you could, I could go to the store and or anything and buy it whenever I wanted to and not a problem. And the problem as well was is that it, it's after the fact later on, it's so socially acceptable that it makes me want to friggin' fucking throw up and when I see it now. It's so, like, commercials. Oh, it's so fine. Everything is so, and, and it's on nonstop during the day, and it aggravates the shit out of me where I'm just like, you know, I can't, you know, people trying to make money, whatever, but it just, it's so fucking pissed off that they, they glorify it. Yeah. And they don't understand that it could wreck your fucking life like it did mine. It wrecked my life. You know, it, I, it, it fucked me up. Like, who, who knows what I would have done, you know? But thankfully, there was a moment where I did go to rehab. Um, after I went to the hospital, I really, like, stayed myself home. You know, I stayed home for a couple of days. And I was like, man, something's fucking wrong with me, you know? And I still kept on drinking. I was, they took the keys from me and everything. I still walked my ass through the projects and fucking went and got, you know, uh, you know, my uh, my beer. And the thing is, when I drank, I drank, I loved my, like I said, I love, like, I loved my beer. But when I was off, I drank, I would buy a fucking uh, Jack with it also. But I was drinking uh, Natty Ice, which is natural ice. I would drink uh, the, the 25 ounces. And I remember when they were only 24 and I was like, oh, great. Now I get one more ounce more. Yay. I wasn't, you know, they were cheap beers, but I used to buy them by a fucking case, you know, 15. You know, I thought I was like, oh, man, I'm buying 15, you know, 15, 25 ounce beers. And I would drink, no lie, I would drink. If I was off, I drink all of them and the Jack. And if I was, and if I was working, I would drink anywhere to like about 11 to 12 of those a night. And if, and that is no, that is no joke. Anybody who knows me and sees me, that's what I did. And and I thought I was cool. Like, Oh yeah. How many do you drink? And I would carry them in the store and they'd be like, wow, somebody's having a party tonight. And I'm like, no, this is what I drink every single friggin' day, you know? And my face got all fucked up. You know, I had all these pimples on me and everything like that and blisters, you know, all kinds of shit. But I didn't care. I was getting fucked up. You know, nobody was stopping my drinking. Nobody, you know, and I just kept on. And it was the whole point that I said is I'm going to work, man. I deserve this shit. I have a job. You know, I don't get into trouble. 
you know, I take care, I take care of my bills, you know, I'm good. You know, that's why I, I justified it. And that was my problem. And like I said, it came to the one point where I just said, you know, being home that I went into rehab and I tell you what, it was the best decision that I ever made. I was scared shitless, you know, because I'm like, oh man, you know, I hope work doesn't find out. Like I'm fucking wor- worried about work, you know, like at the time I'm like, oh, I hope work doesn't find out. I hope I don't lose my job. Um, I hope people don't, people I know around me don't, you know, stop talking to me because now I'm a, I'm a, I'm a quitter because remember, you know, uh, quitters go to, you know, quitters go to, uh, rehab, you know, and, uh, you know, you're not a winner anymore. So I'm like, oh man, you know, what are people going to say? You know, I'm, I, I, am I going to be able to, to do this? And I tell you what, it was the best decision that I made. And I went in there and when I went in the first day, I was fucked up. And this is like, this is like three, about a little over two and a half years ago. I went in there fucked up, wrecked. I mean, I remember the last thing I drank was a, a wine bottle that I had on the ride there that they didn't know the, you know, my daughter didn't know that I had hidden, you know, that was hot as hell. It was like a hundred degrees bottle of, of, of wine I was drinking, you know, cause it was like my stash of a stash of a stash that I had left. And I remember went in there and when I went into rehab, I was, I was wrecked and I was like, oh man, what the fuck am I going to do? And when I was in there, I went through the whole process, you know, going through, you know, being in uh, uh, detox first, you know, and just saying to myself, oh man, how did I fucking get here? You know, and I'm seeing other people around me and I'm like, I'm, I, I work, I have a fucking job. I make good money. I, I you know, what, what, what the fuck? I don't, I, I'm not these people. You know, and I had to drop that fucking that that ego, that ego that I had because I wasn't going to change if I still had that. And I was quiet. I kept to myself. Nobody fucked with me and I kept kept to myself. And it was the what changed was a couple of days in, maybe like two, three days, four days in, got sent over to recovery. And it was it felt so much different. I was able to open up like I was actually sober and I was myself and I was able to talk to other people who were actually sober too. It sucked that, you know, the food sucked, you know, it wasn't the best of fucking, you know, accommodations. They don't want to fucking make you to have the best time when you're there. They want it miserable, you know, when you're there, but it was a great experience because it made me realize that, Hey, I need to get my shit together, you know? And I listened I was always the type of person where if somebody gives you knowledge and somebody shows you something, you listen and you take what you can and you take everything you can from it. And I fucking just listened and listened and listened. I shut the fuck up and I listened and I took everything from that program and I used it when I got out and I still use it to this day with some adjustments, you know, cause you learn everything and I've been sober since then, you know, I, did fuck up to about four days after I got out of rehab, but it was a, a so much of a quick slip that I caught myself 
and I got myself back on path. And I've been sober ever since then. And I tell you what, it was, I, a lot of people say, because I kept on hearing the story when I was in rehab, oh, this is my sixth time, this is my eighth time, this is my fifth time. And I was like, man, I don't want to fucking come back here. So I made sure I didn't, I, I made sure I did, I made sure I didn't come back there. That's crazy. Um, I was at, you know, like what, what, what are the tools that you've, you've used since, you know, like to keep yourself sober, you know, like what, what are the, you know, like any, any, you know, like there's no secret to it. You know, like we, we, we spoke at, you know, about it at large at the beginning, but you know, like any, you know, like kind of routine that you, you, you know, like you've put in place and, um, yeah, I mean, like, the, the, what is your, what is your own secret to all that? Well, when I, when I, well, once I got out of rehab, I used every single tool that was basically given to me. They said, you know, th there's many things that you can go, you know, they, they recommend when you're in there, you know, you know, keep, because we had to go to AA and a meetings all the time, you know, and speak and stuff like that. And they were like, you, what you got to do is you got to do 30, 30 meetings in 30 days. Even if you got to go to two meetings, keep yourself busy, but they, you know, got to keep yourself busy, go into meetings, go to do the 30 for 30. You'll feel so much better. Then you next thing you know, you'll be 60 and then you'll do 90 and you do this. And I'm saying to myself, I'm like, that's great. I understand that. I totally, 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 totally get it. But the meetings that are around me, like I want to go to them, but they're going to be people I see at work, you know, so I'm going to have to go far away and I don't drive. So I'm like, how the fuck am I going to get there? So I was like, I need to figure out what is going to work for me. And what worked for me is I remember being in there. They used to play motivational uh, stuff on YouTube from The Rock and other countless people. And, and every morning I would hear this motivational, you know, you know, people speaking and don't, I've, I forget names of who they were at, at that time. And I was just like, wow, there, there's an, the, the YouTube has this. So when I got out, I would continuously listen whenever I felt down, continuously listen to motivational things that were on, on YouTube. And I was just like, wow, this is great. And then I started on Instagram and I just, kept on looking for stuff that would that would help me you know like is there other people out there like me and i just started investigating like is there people out there like me what do i hear and i kept on seeing different people's posts and certain stuff would come up on my feed and and then i would google stuff and like what kind of quotes what does this mean and i just started reading a lot of quotes and a lot of and then i started reading a lot of books you know, I dibbled and dabbled in, you know, why this happens, why that happens. And it just, I just kept myself busy and starting, you know, like when I had my Instagram page, I just basically put stuff up when I was on there in the beginning is just like, this is me, you know, this is my avenue. This is my quotes. Like, you know, how do I feel and stuff like that? Because when I got out, I really didn't have the family support. You know, I didn't like my family, like even to this day, I have an older sister and, uh, you know, their family. I haven't even once heard from them. Like, we're proud of you. Like you got sober, you know, congratulations, like nothing. 
like maybe they're too either better than me or something like that. But I, I'm okay with that now. And then just like my like my younger sister, you know, it's like I had to. It's like they they don't care. They wanted they wanted the glory, as in like oh yeah, you know, whenever I like. Whenever I was wasn't around, they were like, "Oh yeah, yeah, you know, he, he's he's doing good, or he's not this, or he's not like it was." I never knew if they were saying good things or saying bad things about me, you know, because I wasn't around. Like people would say, hey, "Where's Patrick? Oh, he he he's sober now, you know. He don't come around. He don't do any of that stuff." And then, you know, people stop talking to you because you're not part of that circle anymore. You know, and I wasn't part of that circle with them. Like I wasn't partying, I wasn't drinking, and I could go to like I went to a couple of things where I wasn't drinking, but I felt out of place. But I was okay with it. But they felt weird that they couldn't. You know, I kind of felt that they felt weird. So like, you know what? It's best for me just to distance myself from these people. And it was the best fucking thing I ever did. Because they were the ones, they were the ones who made my drinking so fucking bad. Because anytime they needed something, I dropped whatever the fuck I was doing and flew there. Take the kids to dance, watch my house, go shop. Can you go to the store for me? Can you do this? Can you do that? I did that. I stopped everything. And when I got sober, they were not there. And I think it was, I always had to, that, that was my, that was my thing that I knew that would help me. And that's what has helped me knowing that they didn't care and they used me and I was a friggin' puppet and it was best for me to move on. And it was, I tell you what, it was, it was, it, it, that was the best thing because they were narcissistic, toxic fucking family members. And I don't talk to them. I refuse to talk to them. Uh, I worked in the same fucking town as them and they never would say hello to me or anything like that. And I, I like it like that. It's better like that. They, they wrecked, they wrecked everything. Because you would think a person, especially a family member, going through something like that, that they would be there. And they weren't. They weren't. And you know what? A lot of people, that that was my problem in the beginning. And I know a lot of people out there have that problem where they have family problems, where they 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 go through something like this, where they just want to fit in. As I go back to me being younger, I just wanted to fit in. I just wanted to fit in. And now that I am, and it's hard, and I had to realize it and understand it, like, damn, I'm actually sober. I'm in recovery. I'm doing good. I keep myself busy. I keep myself busy with work, uh, uh, with my daughter, you know, cooking, whatever. I keep myself busy. And it's so much better that I do that now rather than stopping everything for everybody else. Just stopping yeah. for myself and taking care of myself. And ever, if I have a problem, I take care of it. That's the and your priority is your sobriety. There's no way around it. Yeah, yeah. I had to realize that, that, Hey, listen, you know, my sobriety is 
more important than anything. And I go back to all the time when I tell people, you know, I, I tell a lot of people, I'm like, listen, your well-being is fucking first. first. That's it. No matter what. And and I was like, man, well, that's kind of se- like I'm thinking in the beginning, this is kind of selfish, you know, like, you know, like, you know, the people that are conceited all about themselves. But you need to put your sobriety before all that shit. You know, it must come first. It must. If you feel that that, that something is wrong, don't do it just because, oh, it's going to make somebody happy. No, you feel out of place and you feel like something you're doing and you feel like something's going to happen. Get the fuck yourself out of there. Yep. Absolutely. That's absolutely. That's the way it is. There's no secret. Ah, you know, like that, that, um, interesting story. Um, Patrick, where can people find you? You know, like, is there, you know, like, do do you reach out? Do you, are you on social media? Do you promote like the, the, your sobriety? Do you, uh, is there, you know, like, are you out there? Um, I'm asking the question because I, you know, like there are a lot of people that, you know, like either do take, take part of, you know, like, um, some of the, these stories and, and, you know, like, and the, just by, by, I guess, you know, like by, using the social media they inspire others um do you do do you partay in that yeah i do i my my outlet that i am on is on instagram it's uh b-i-g-g-p-7-9 big p-7-9 um i'm on there and i like i post on there at least once or twice a day and most of the stuff that i put up well is all positive you know, motivational stuff, stuff that comes to me in the head, how I feel during the day, pictures of me, you know, other quotes that I have, you know, so just to get people. And then sometimes I, I reach, you know, reach out and say, Hey, you know, get people talking because a lot of people just look at pictures and they don't get conversations going. So I kind of get people out of, try to get people out of their elements because interacting with people, that normally don't interact is very well. You know, it's like that kid that you see when you're driving a car and, you know, you honk the horn at him and you wave to him. Well, you know, you don't know. You probably just saved that kid's life because nobody says hello to them. So I, how I want, I want everybody to feel like that's why my Instagram, I have it. It's my expression of, 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 of releasing. And I want other people not to be scared to know that there are other ways and there's other avenues rather than the bottle or drugs, you know, use your mind, use your pen, paper, use your brain, you know, don't, 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 don't throw it away, you know, because that's, I just want people to be happy and positive. And basically on there is where you can, uh, is, is where you can find me. And I try my best to be positive and because with this hectic world that we live in and everything that's going on with my life and, you know, because times, you know, sometimes I need a break, but I tried to do the best I can because I know there's people out there that, you know, have seen my page and have emailed me and wrote to me and said, you know, thank you. You've been an inspiration. And when I get those, those inspire me and make me f- and make me try harder because I believe that I'm helping them help. And I always say that helping them helps me. So yep. it, it just goes, we just goes hand in hand. And like how this podcast, I wish you the best with it. 
Uh, it's really helped me today to get my story out. I've always wanted to, you know, reach out. And uh, I really hope that somebody listening, it helps somebody. And if they want to go to my Instagram, that would be wonderful. And, uh, you know, just keep everything going and keep your podcast and everything positive, you know, and know that there is help. And all you have to do is just plan, set a goal and be positive and it'll be okay. We've all been there. And it, you know, like it's my turn to thank you. You Like the, the, the invites are sent, you know, like where, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty much like, um, well, it's growing, but you know, like it's a low key podcast, super niche that, you know, like not many people know about. And, um, it surely is growing. Um, I'm going to be crossing over 13,000 listens. Um, You know, like, it's just crazy, you know, like knowing that, you know, like there are 13,000 times that someone has pressed play on my, on my hundred something podcast episodes, you know, like, it's just nuts for me. But, um, so it's slowly growing. Uh, I haven't, you know, like I've, I've all of the money, uh, you know, like there's, there's no way I'm going to monetize this, you know, like, so, you know, like all I can see it is to grow organically through, you know, like me reaching out and you know like reaching out to you and others um and so it's for me to thank you you know like to to have accepted to be part of that for me that 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 podcast journey is is uh egoistically like i take so much from it you know like it it, it brings me so much um calm joy um it fills me completely but at the same time like once in a while i do get one of those uh um ping from instagram or gmail or 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 facebook that someone says you know like i'm I'm listening to your thing i have a hard time going into rooms i have a hard time going into therapy but you know there's you and there's a few others that you know like i do listen routinely and almost on a daily basis and it saves my life and you know like it keeps me from taking my next drink and and that's the reason why i keep doing it and you know like so i'm I'm pretty sure that you know like uh, as it did for everyone that I've, I've, I've sat with since, um, that your story is going to aspire, you know, like there are no, ev- you know, like it's funny because I've reached out to a few people recently and someone was kind of telling me, yeah, my, my story's boring. You know, like I've, you know, like I've pretty much done what everyone else has done. You know, like I'm like, no, 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 you don't get it. You know, like there's no, every story is unique. Every, every path is unique. Every, every time you zing instead of zing, you know, like there's, there's, there's something different that happened. You know, like for me, um, that's what I'm, you know, like I'm pretty much blessed right now with all of, you know, like I'm, the more I talk to people, the more situation I, I, I encounter and the more um, kind of life decision that, you know, like my, my guests have taken, you know, like it brings me to that new path. And I'm like, oh shit, you know, like that's where, you know, like, um, and and yeah you know like you're not part of that you know like you're part of that cold turkey journey and you know like i, I thank you for that um for the listeners you know like um instagram tag that you know like um patrick has mentioned is going to be is, is is sitting in the description below so you can read about it you know you can find you can find patrick there and um again you know like thank you pat you know like it was a, it was a pleasure meeting with you and you know like uh, i wish you the best as well you know like it's um it's a long and, and enjoyable ride. And, you know, like, uh, as you say, you know, like if you keep it positive, you know, like it's going to be a, a great ride. So thanks again. Thank you. Thanks. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.